Hell in a Cell just wrapped up in Chicago, and I've got some preliminary thoughts on the event. A lot of good, a little bad, and a lot of in-between. Let's get everything going right after this. You got to check out The Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out The Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Hey everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast. This is your Hell in a Cell review for this now Monday, June 6th, 2022, and Full disclaimer, this is going to be a somewhat of a brief review of the event because I have a much more thorough discussion coming along with a kind of a bit of a weekend review with Uncle Chris that'll be dropping much later today. Um, it's midnight as I actually speak on Monday, uh, and we're going to be talking late morning and uh you know that'll probably bring us to uh, early afternoon in terms of being able to get it published to you guys but uh, i wanted to hop on here and give you a at least a bit of a again a preliminary just knee-jerk reaction to the event and you know i'm going to talk about cody rhodes right off the bat you know cody rhodes is one tough sob i mean there's no doubt about it i mean if you if you didn't catch that message from Corey Graves, I mean, you you were listening on mute because he said it every five seconds, which I get, right? Like that that's a legitimate injury. There's That's not a work. And working through a pectoral tear like that, while I've never had one, does look painful. Now, did it debilitate him to not have a, a really good match and pull through? No, of course. Could he have said, I can't work? He probably could have. And does it look more brutal than it actually is? I'm not a doctor, but what we saw is internal bleeding. I mean, the pec tore right off the bone, right? Uh, and what you saw, if it was on the outside of his skin, would be a lot of blood. Uh, but on the inside, it, it just it's trapped inside your body, and therefore you get a lot of bruising and internal bleeding. That's what it is, right? Um, and I, I'd imagine it's quite painful, but I don't believe that he felt that he should, number one, not live up to his duty to fulfill the main event spot. He knows that he doesn't have a lot of uh, opportunities in this in this genre. People move on, organizations move on quickly, and even a, a name like Rhodes doesn't guarantee that if he decides to skip the main event because of injury and then he goes out for surgery, that his spot won't be taken by somebody else. I mean, that's just the way the machine works. It, it will be, even if your last name is Rhodes. So there's that. The other thing is that I don't think he would have put himself in a position where it would have been unsafe for him to work with Seth Rollins. Meaning, since you're working together in the matchup, it wouldn't have behooved him, nor would it have been any, that, that wouldn't have been a very smart idea if his injury was going to cause him 
to put Seth Rollins's safety in jeopardy, right? Since you're working together, if that injury would have been debilitating, then that could also jeopardize Seth's health. And I don't think that the WWE doctors nor uh, Cody Rhodes nor Seth would want that to be the case. So they stuck to a lot of maneuvers that were safe, or at least you, you could have Cody perform safely, even without the use of his right pectoral muscle. Now that's a major muscle to tear. And he's going to need surgery for that. I, I really don't see any other way around it. Once you tear it off your bone, it doesn't just doesn't just reattach itself, right? It, uh, it, it does require surgery from what I understand. And it could be a couple of months. Uh, I don't see another, any other way around it. Now, again, uh, I'm going to get into the good of this match. And I'll, there, there, there is something bad to talk about here. And something that is boiling inside me. While everyone's giving this match rave reviews... And I understand why, given the circumstance and given the execution, even if this injury didn't exist, there is something boiling underneath the surface that I want to get out. But I'll talk about that after I talk about the good stuff. And the good stuff is, I mean, the match itself, right? The match itself is really good. Match itself, take the injury out. You just put this in front of us. Would it have been a little bit less than what we saw. I mean, from a perception standpoint, maybe because you're looking at it through the lens of the injury and it was uncomfortable to watch, but the spots that they did, the pedigree done by Rhodes, uh, the stomp, which put Rollins right back in the game, Cody being put through a table. It was all very good. Now, did they even really utilize the cell that much? Right. I mean, did the sell need to happen or was the sell more there just for visual purposes, but not actually being utilized? You know, uh, th- that is something that I think Hell in a Cell matches have always had, at least in re- in the modern era, had uh, been, been a bit of a problem other than, oh, you, you know, you slam your opponent into it. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> you know, can we use it a little bit more than that? It, it feels like it it's a, it's a more of a visual than an actual usable prop, so to speak. But uh, this was still a really good match. We know how good of chemistry Seth and Cody have, which is really good. And if they went a fourth match, then I, I, I'd be on board for it. But uh, I don't think they're going to go that way. Now I have heard nothing official, but it would make sense that Cody just wanted to get through this match, give himself a good main event, and then go off into the sunset to get surgery. I mean, I don't see any other path here. There's really no other path. This is not an injury that you can just decide to, again, just rest will do the trick. It doesn't work that way. So, again, really good match. And uh, going over some of the details here. So, um, here's one analysis that I I came across. And uh, I also added some of my own thoughts into. So, uh, this particular individual, which I'll... uh, I, I'm not a big uh, I'm not big on promoting other websites. Okay, so uh, but full disclosure, I do, do have a combination of like CBS Sports and Sportskeeda and Wrestling Inc and others. Okay, so kind of make you use your brain. It's a mix of those. Okay, uh, but full credit to Rollins here, and that he had the polka dots on his pants or on his uh, on his shirt and pants. That was a tribute clearly to Dusty Rhodes and. We all saw the bruise when he revealed it from Cody anyway. And uh, again, they sold the injury, I think, very well throughout the match and reminding you time and again that the the injury was affecting Rollins. And you had Corey Graves just constantly spitting out in your face that 
you know, this is a one tough guy and oh my God. And, you know, this is a superhuman. Nobody else would be able to do this, all that kind of thing. It's his job to put over the, the wrestlers. I get it. So uh, we get a hilarious chant from the crowd of thank you Rollins after he dragged a table into the ring after the crowd was chanting all night for a table. I mean, they chanted for it at least during the Elias and Kevin Owens match, or the uh, Elias, I really didn't mean to say that, the Ezekiel and KO match, they were chanting for it. Um, I think there was another match, and the fans were like, finally, we get a table, right? Like, for whatever reason, the, the Chicago crowd was thirsty, just craving a table, and they finally got it here. Um, but, you know, uh, we got, let's see what else here, some notes. Um, the, there was a bull rope, that's right, that was dragged into the match, which was a throwback to the Dusty era, a lot of a lot of tributes, Dusty here. Um, a cowbell, so more cowbell was uh, w- was introduced into the match. We got a couple of crossroads here, and you know I got to say, Cody Rhodes does use his finish too many times. I think it waters it down a bit. Why doesn't he just you know hit it once and then go for a cover? I mean, I, I know that if he hits it multiple times, it increases his chances of getting a pinfall. But also, if it's a finish, you shouldn't need to do it multiple times, which is called a finish. But anyway, that's minor uh, kind of minor, minor things here in terms of the actual uh, match itself, which I thought was very good. There were some this is awesome chants, very loud. This is awesome chants that were actually uh, chanted throughout the match and deservedly. So Rhodes kicked a sledgehammer out of Rollins hands and landed again the two consecutive uh, crossroads and um, then, you know, obviously gets the victory here. So. This was a again a very good match. I don't think the Hell in a Cell itself was necessary. It was just a visual. They didn't really utilize the cell to its full capacity, other than you know you're uh, you're inside the cell. But there was never any. The, the story here didn't really warrant it from the perspective of one. The heel was trying to run away constantly, right, or get have somebody interfere on their behalf constantly. That wasn't the story here. And they didn't utilize the cell. So the cell was almost unnecessary because the story didn't really warrant it. Other than they have really good chemistry. They had good matches, great matches leading into this. I mean, that, that's pretty much it. And they were the biggest stars on the roster to get it put inside the cell, but they didn't really use the cell. It was bizarre. Uh, so, I'm not, I mean, it's not a rant on my part, but here's where things turn for me. Now, this is a, a really good match, right? No problem with this match. Good. But Seth Rollins takes a third loss to a guy that has one arm. I mean, it's it's bad enough Seth takes a loss of WrestleMania, loss of WrestleMania backlash to a fully healthy Cody Rhodes. They didn't even give Seth that middle win. Now Seth takes a third loss. How many effing losses can Seth Rollins take here? His character is on life support. I don't mean that his career is. I don't mean that he is a not a big star anymore. I don't mean that, you know, tomorrow he's going to start jobbing. What I mean is that his character's credibility is really starting to take a hit to the point where it is affecting Seth Rollins on a foundational level. Meaning, I don't believe what his character says anymore. It's actually gotten to that point. Now, 
Seth Rollins' Teflon and the fact that you can't take away how big of a star he is, you can't take away that he's he is truly over, that's already set, done, and in stone. That's not what's at stake here. What's at stake is his future to reach his full potential. Because this is not just a, well, th- that just happened in this program. Don't worry about it. It's just, uh, you know, once Seth gets into another program, he'll win the program. Well, give me an example. Anybody. And I don't know the answer, so this is a legitimate question. Can somebody tell me the last time Seth Rollins outright won a program? Rey Mysterio, maybe? What was Rey Mysterio? I'm thinking back to the pandemic era when he had the eye for an eye match and he, quote unquote, took the eye out of Rey Mysterio. I guess that's considered it, but, you know, that was two years ago. I don't know. Was that the last time? Maybe. But Seth Rollins, as of late, I mean, like the last year and a half has not won a program and has major losses in, in, under his belt. A guy that many of us wanted to be champion come WrestleMania this year. And so I don't know. That's the big problem I have with it. And does anybody and now this is a malicious side of me. This is a cynical side. While I do believe that Cody Rhodes' injury is 100% legitimate, and I believe it's painful, and I do give him credit, all of that can be true. But what also can be true at the same time is that I I believe that Cody is using his injury, which is real, to exploit emotion. Now, many of you would say, well, that's what pro wrestling is. It is, and it made us feel, and you know, congrats. But it, this is what it makes me feel that I don't think this was the intention to make me feel, and maybe other fans, is that he was using the injury in an exploitative way to try to manipulate us fans and, and also give him credit to a sickening degree where we're all just supposed to bow at the Cody, the, the, the altar of Cody. And go, oh my God, oh my God, whatever you say, Cody, my God, look how tough you are coming out here. And knowing he knew that he'd get this reaction and the announcers put him over because that's their job, almost to a a very annoying degree as Cody Rhodes did, or uh, Corey Graves did. But almost to me, it, it reached the point with Cody that he did it. And again, I can't get inside his head. We'll never know. But I don't know. I, I get an I get also kind of an icky feeling about it. You know, like that he knew that the injury was going to create emotion from fans. And it did. But I don't know. I guess I'm going a level deeper where I just feel like we're all supposed to recite you know the the the, the um I, I don't know, the gospel of, of Cody where we're all supposed to just go, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Look how tough he is. It's almost like, for example, the only way I can put it is this, and then I'll get off this topic and move on. Where somebody, a celebrity, goes to a hospital, like a children's hospital, to meet with kids, make a wish, whatever. But they only do it when cameras are there. They won't do it if a camera crew is not there so that the whole world can see them do it. But when in, they're in private and no cameras around them, they have no interest in going. Does that make sense? 
I don't know if I, I I can't emote this what I'm feeling about this any more than that. I I don't know. I just feel like it's a little bit shallow on his part. I don't know. I don't know. I'm probably using the wrong words, but uh, nonetheless, it's a real injury, and I do give him credit. But I I, I don't want to hear, and we're gonna hear over the next I don't know how many freaking weeks about how tough he is and competing with an injury, and, and all that's true. But I, I, at some point, it's like okay, we get it. Like tough guy, can can we stop milking this? It's it's getting it's getting sickening, right? Like I get the I get what emotion you're trying to get out of the fans. Now stop. We understand, and it's gonna eventually. If they keep doing that, eventually it's gonna turn, right? Like if they if they're trying to shove it down our throats constantly about how tough he is, yeah, I think it'll backfire. But anyway, that's how I feel about it. I guess I'm just uh, not on the Cody uh, Cody bandwagon as fully as others are so maybe that also has something to do with it okay let's move on uh but i'll have much more to say about this with uncle chris along with these other matches and let's go with let's see here uh ali in theory i mean you knew what kind of match you're going to get here which was athletic and otherworldly in terms of what they can do in the ring and i wouldn't mind seeing these two go at it again but I don't think anybody believed that Ali had any uh, real chance of uh, of beating Theory, especially when you consider the fact that the announcers throughout the match were um, constantly talking about, well, not constantly, they many times mentioned that McMahon, Mr. McMahon, had Theory as his protege under the wing, under the guidance, under the tutelage of Vince McMahon, right? How many times have we heard that? You know that Ali's not. I mean, there's just almost no chance. But I thought it was a very good athletic match. There are no bad matches on this card, by the way. Like nobody stunk up the joint, including Corbin and Happy uh, Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss, who has dropped the suspenders. By the way, if you didn't catch that on SmackDown, drops the suspenders. He's generic wrestler X now, which is also the kind of downside of it. While many of us were saying how silly his suspenders were and all that, well. He got rid of the suspenders, and he's now generic wrestler X. He's the guy that you go to the WWE 2K creation suite in your video game, and he's that generic guy that you start out with. That you, you know, he's like the guy you um, begin with to start creating the, you know, all all the stuff you want to do to your character. He's he's just like that default guy, Um, and so you got what you wanted, guys. He's now just got the most basic attire of all time. Now, that's not to say it's a bad thing. I mean, we've seen many guys come out of the uh, WWE machine that have worn the most basic stuff of all time and been the biggest stars of all time. Look at Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? So, again, I had no problem with this. Mad Cat Moss showed uh, some really good brutality using the ring steps to do a fallaway slam um, on Happy Corbin. That, I think, was uh, pretty brutal and uh, very, very good. We then got Omos and MVP versus Bobby Lashley. Again, this is in no particular order, but this was a handicap match. And uh, you know what? I thought it was as good as it could have been. Uh, MVP is very, very, I got to say he's very um, rusty in the ring. He's not exactly a spring chicken, but the guy is uh, not very fluid in the ring. I mean, he was getting hammered by Bobby Lashley, a guy that, uh, 275 pounds of just pure muscle punching MVP in the face and MVP's barely selling it. Now I know selling in general is a whole 
entire podcast in and of itself. Selling is a huge problem for me that has been lacking for many, many years. But this was egregious. I mean, MVP, come on, brother. You're getting hammered by a guy that is a war machine, a walking war machine, and you're barely selling the punches? That didn't resonate with me. I mean, as good as MVP is on the mic, he was he was pretty rusty in the ring. But the match ended exactly how it should have, right? You got the spear on Omas, who gets knocked to the outside of the ring. The legal competitor, which was MVP at the time, gets put in the herd lock and taps. That's what you wanted to see the entire time since MVP turned on Lashley. Did I not say that at the beginning of the feud? That is what you want. Or at least that's what they were building to. Even though Almas is the real star of the show, you still wanted to see the weasel of MVP get put in the hurt lock and tap out. And he did. The only thing I'd say, a tweak on this, is I wish we had Lashley cinch it in. And even after he wins, just keep it in for at least another like 15, 20 seconds. You know, just as a, like, a, oh, not not like, oh, I won the match. Okay, um, sorry, I won't hurt you anymore. I won. It's like, no. You want to inflict a little more punishment for everything he did to you and turning his back on you. But that's how I, it's, I guess, my small tweak on that. But Omas was fine in the match. He still moves around very well for a big guy. Uh, they are clearly, both parties are moving on here. There's no doubt about it. And if anybody caught this, I put this out on Twitter. MVP, or rather Bobby Lashley, when he was celebrating his victory, you had a referee get sent to ringside, probably by Vince McMahon. And he was yelling up to Bobby Lashley. Now, we couldn't hear what he was yelling up to him. But as Bobby Lashley was standing on the ring post and celebrating with the crowd, you could see the referee yelling him, uh, yelling to him something. Bobby immediately gets out of the ring and goes to grab a WWE championship belt, a replica belt that was in the crowd by a plant. Clearly not a real fan, but a plant um, and parading around with it. And the announcers then saying, well, he's made a statement because everybody just makes statements and messages. That's all anyone knows how to do. And so we had Bobby Lashley parading around with it. And the announcers then said that that is clearly his next. That's what he wants next. That's his mission. That's what he's after. And I'm fine with it. You know, I have no problem with that as uh, as Bobby Lashley right now is uh, on a roll. He's on a roll and good for him. You know, Bobby Lashley's champion is not a bad thing. It's not an overwhelmingly fun thing but i think he fits the bill he's a tough legitimate badass and i have nothing negative to say about lashley i mean other than i mean he did that this week right you had to have a referee remind him to to do this and you had on raw with the contract signing with omas and mvp and lashley you had mvp signal to bobby in the middle of bobby cutting a promo on them to look at omas not him he did it with his eyes go watch raw MVP's like, no, brother, look, don't look at me. Look at Omas. He didn't say those words, but that's what his eyes said to Lashley. It was very clear. Uh, so it's just amazing that Lashley, a 20-year vet, still needs these the cues of like, I don't know, maybe maybe he's just a forgetful person in general. I, I don't know. Uh, but the last two weeks, he's got the job done, but he needed a little assistance as a 20-year vet. Again, not a knock, just just an interesting note, I guess, is all that is. So anyway. Uh, good stuff here and no problem. I really didn't hate this at all. Elias, or rather, I am not Elias, which is uh, the Twitter of Ezekiel. 
and Kevin Owens. Now, I will say this match, while it didn't blow me out of the water, was much improved from the WrestleMania backlash. Like, uh, or, but no, did they fight at WrestleMania backlash? I'm thinking of a different match. I'm thinking of uh, Corbin and Madcap. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. But uh, this match, to me, exceeded expectations. That's the ultimate feeling I had about this. I think it exceeded expectations. They work very well together. And what makes this so entertaining is two words. Kevin Owens. He makes this more entertaining than it should be. And the crowd got behind Zeke. There was some Zeke chants. Um, The Chicago crowd got behind him. And Kevin Owens hits the stunner for the victory. This, to me, was fun. And you know what actually made me hilariously laugh? I mean, I popped for this was when we had Kevin Owens. I mean, he was screaming throughout the match that I don't like liars which is so hypocritical of his character. It makes it so, but he's so serious. Kevin Owens is, is a stand-up comedian, but also a really good wrestler. Uh, he's like a jack of all trades. He's, he's so entertaining, even as a heel, the crowd was cheering for him. Um, and but what really made me pop was you had Ezekiel in the middle of the ropes and Kevin Owens tearing or pulling at his face and making Ezekiel smile, and then Kevin Owens mocking him, saying, "Smile, uh, smile, Elias. Why don't you smile?" And he's pulling at his face. I'm not saying it as funny as he did. It's towards the beginning of the match. It was really funny. I mean, Kevin Owens. It's hard to hate him. It's really hard. He, the only time I hated him and wanted to see him get his ass kicked really was the Stone Cold match. I mean, so good stuff. All right, uh, now we get the six. Uh, six person intergender no 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 not intergender mixed tag there's a difference AJ Finn and Liv Morgan versus Edge Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley so you know another another really good match and you know I really don't have anything bad to say about this other than the fact that there was no surprise new member which I was wrong about um you know Edge hit the spear on Finn got the victory very matter of fact, but I'm thinking, I think that's fine. You need a group that's a heel group to get victories that don't always involve cheating. And that goes for single stars too. No, no complaints here. You know, I don't have any complaints. Um, you know, we, we got Finn taking the loss. I don't think that surprises anybody because Finn Balor has not exactly been on a winning streak as of late for at least for the last like several months. So, you know, I, I didn't hate this matchup again. I thought it was solid, and it, it it had the right people win. That's all I got to say about that, as Austin would say. Good stuff. you know. And, and uh, just a bit surprised they didn't bring in a new person. But yeah, they don't have to do it quickly. They can take their time. Uh, let's see. What else happened? Did I cover everything? Did I cover it all? I feel like I'm missing something. Maybe not. Oh, the one thing I was going to say before I wrap it up, and I'll uh, do much more of an in-depth review tomorrow no Bray Wyatt. Uh, Bray Wyatt was trending like crazy. The Fiend was trending and we were all waiting and it didn't happen. I predicted it just to be fun. I was wrong and I should have listened to myself. Uh, my my uh, my head, not my heart because a lot of us wanted him to be there and he wasn't. Now, I think it's smart for him not to be there on a couple of levels. Number one, having him re-debut at the event in which especially if people believed he was going to interfere in the Seth and Cody Rhodes match have, I think it would have uh, drawn up some really bad memories of Seth and Bray Wyatt that happened a couple of years ago inside the cell that really led to both of their demise as characters. When you look at it, that was a turning point for both of them. And Seth was actually built as a babyface back then too. 
that was a, I mean, my God, what a disastrous match. So I think it would have maybe dug up some bad memories on top of the fact that it would have tainted Cody Rhodes's victory if he was going to interfere on behalf of Cody. And you don't want that if you're trying to build Cody as the guy that could potentially take out Roman Reigns. Now, I, I don't want Cody to beat Roman Reigns. Let me just say that. But I think it would have tainted his victory. And, you, you know, you don't want uh, somebody like Cody, at least in WWE's booking strategies, to have that happen. So uh, no Bray Wyatt, no Fiend. And I know many of you were disappointed, but you can't be disappointed with the actual wrestling itself. I mean, I think it was a very solid pay-per-view. I'd give it the overall pay-per-view a B. I mean, it just it was just good. So that's how I feel about it today. I don't know how I'm going to feel about it when I wake up and get some sleep tonight. But um, that's pretty much it, guys, for a prelim- preliminary look at the event. I thought it was solid, good wrestling, and not too much to complain about unless you're a Seth Rollins fan that just has to endure loss after loss after big loss after big loss after major loss after big loss. That's the Seth Rollins that we know and it's starting to really chip away at his character and and, and, I, and they need to do something. They need to have Seth get away from Cody who's untouchable for whatever reason now and go into another program where he can dominate. Seth needs to be rebuilt right now and forget all of these major losses. It's not going to be easy. So... All right, guys, thanks so much for joining me again. Consider going ad free on Patreon at patreon.com slash WWE podcast. You can also join us on Apple Podcasts for 99 cents a month, which is ad free. You can go on our, our website, wwepodcast.com. There's video, there's ad free, everything. Uh, just join us on the VIP side of things. And uh, I think that's pretty much it, guys. So uh, I hope. All of you have a great day, and I will talk to you later with Uncle Chris for a much more in-depth conversation. Until then, take care. I'll talk to you next time. You got to check out The Mentality Show. If you could be a fly on the wall and could hear how men think and really want to hear what goes on in the minds of everyday men, then you should check out The Mentality Show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. Real men, real talk. The Mentality Show. You can find them anywhere you stream podcasts and YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look up The Mentality Show. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.